Good morning. Ready, set, hike. The Federal Reserve expected to unveil another major increase to interest rates today in the wake of troubling new signs for the U.S. economy. So will it help Americans feeling the pinch of skyrocketing prices and record inflation? Complete coverage and the impact on your bottom line straight ahead. In the spotlight, the Justice Department now investigating former President Trump's actions as part of the January 6th criminal probe. This morning, what the Attorney General is telling NBC News exclusively. Look, we pursue justice without fear or favor. As Trump returns to Washington, lashing out at the hearings and hinting at his 2024 plans, we're live with the very latest. Once in a lifetime, new storms in St. Louis overnight, a city still underwater after historic flooding. It's the highway! Trapping people caught off guard in cars and homes. If we stayed in there for any longer, could have drowned. Where the threat is headed this morning and what millions from coast to coast need to know about the return of extreme heat. Social media battle, the meteoric rise of TikTok, leading Facebook and Instagram to make big changes. Just ahead, the growing backlash from users over what they're now seeing when they scroll. Those stories plus going down after a summer of soaring prices. Good news for anyone looking to fly in the months ahead. The best deals and when you should start booking those holiday flights. And going up. You must have C's five white balls plus that gold mega ball. No Mega Millions winner overnight. The jackpot now at more than a billion dollars, only adding to the nation's major case of lottery fever. Today, Wednesday, July 22nd, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to today. So happy you're joining us on a Wednesday morning. Savannah's enjoying some time off. Tom Yamas is here with us. You played. Did you play the last Did I one? play? I bought so many tickets. I was like in Wait, 10 pools. Did you hear what they said? Billion. A billion dollars. <laughs> Wait, and Savannah's off? Did she... Well, could there uh, could possibly? Okay, well, I don't have to wait and see. We'll wait and see. All right, guys, our big story, our top story. It's a big, big day for the economy. Just a few hours. We expect to see the Fed announcing the next big interest rate hike. It hasn't increased rates this quickly in nearly 30 years. Yeah, the change could make the cost of buying a home, paying off credit card debt, and leasing a car even more expensive. But the hope is, in the long run, it will help control all of those rising prices. We've got two reports to break it all down with everything you need to know. NBC's Tom Costello's in D.C to get us started. Hey, Tom, good morning. Yeah, good morning. So we've been talking about this inflation problem for months, 41-year high inflation. And as you know, consumer confidence fell for the third month in a row because consumers are paying for inflation, of course, every single day. We do expect the Fed to raise interest rates today to try to get it under control. But is the economy close to recession? And if the Fed does, in fact, raise rates by as much as three-quarters of a point, could it nudge the economy further into recession. At stake this morning, your credit card rates, new car and bank loans, even new mortgage rates are influenced by what the Federal Reserve does today. Widely expected to raise rates yet again, perhaps by three quarters of a percentage point. The fastest, most aggressive series of rate hikes since 1994. The Fed has never had to face 
uh, this kind of inflation battle, which is driven not by uh, an overheating economy, but an economy that's suffering from log jams tied to a global pandemic. The expected move comes as consumer confidence has fallen to its lowest level in more than a year, with Americans still paying more for utilities, clothes, food, and gas. But is the economy already on a collision course for a recession? It depends on who you ask. The most important question economically is uh, whether uh, working people and middle class families have more breathing room and they're able to afford the important things in their lives. For Josanne English in Sacramento, it feels more like a depression. She lost her six-figure salary career, then her savings and her home. Now she's living paycheck to paycheck. I don't see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel yet. I mean, I'm just struggling to get by, and it's hard to stay positive. The National Bureau of Economic Research defines a recession as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months. And while overall prices are high, experts say the job market is actually a bright spot, with unemployment sitting near 50-year lows. You actually believe the economy is relatively healthy or strong right now? Yes, I don't see the big signals of recession, mainly because I'm looking at the labor market. Everybody who wants a job can find a job in this economy, and that's not typically a characteristic that you see in a recession. And that right there is why this economy is such a head-scratcher for the Federal Reserve. It doesn't feel like that we are on or in a recession for most people. By the way, also watching corporate earnings, Microsoft lighter than expected on the revenue side. We did, however, hear from Coca-Cola and uh, McDonald's. Both of them had surprisingly good numbers. Guys, back to you. All right, Tom, thank you. Let's bring in CNBC's Melissa Lee, host of Fast Money. Melissa, good morning. Currently, inflation's almost 9%. The Fed wants it to get down to 3%. Here we go with another rate hike. Is anything making a dent in those numbers? We have seen prices come down, uh, Hoda. We know that the national average of gasoline went from $5 to where it is right now, somewhere in the $4 range, depending on where you are. So things are coming down. The question is whether or not the Fed rate hikes have really taken effect yet. There's oftentimes a lag effect in terms of when the Fed hikes interest rates and when those uh, effects take place. And also, there's only so many things that the Fed can actually control. A lot of the factors contributing to this high inflation, uh, the war in Ukraine, COVID lockdowns, in China affecting supply chain issues, drought in the Midwest affecting farms and food prices. Those are things, last I checked, the Fed has no control over. Um, and so it can use the tools it has in its toolbox, but they are blunt tools. That tool is mm -hmm. rising interest rates, ra hiking rates at this point. Yeah, and inflation, as you see, is a, is a big global problem. I keep thinking about people who are in their 60s. They're about to retire. They've planned. They've done every single thing right. And all of a sudden, here comes this big hammer, and it's hitting them right now. Is there any economic advice for them? I think uh, stick to your plan. If you do have that plan in place, that plan was made with this in mind. If you have a little bit longer of a time frame, um, think about getting your nest egg together. You always say, save for a rainy day. The rainy day could be just around the corner because whether or not we are in a recession right now, the Federal Reserve has already told us, the American people, that unemployment will in fact tick higher. We will see more, for more uh, jobs lost here in this effort to battle inflation. So be prepared for that possibility that you could 
could lose your job, get the six months of savings into your bank account. And keep in mind, for the longer term, stocks are the only way you're going to be able to beat inflation in terms of savings. And lastly, I keep hearing this debate. Are we in a recession? Are we not in a recession? We see it every single day. But if you're Mary Smith walking down the street with your kids going to work, does it matter what they label it? Does it affect them? No. I mean, if you're paying 12% more for food versus a year ago, and and that 12% number, that's just a headline number. A lot of Americans are paying a lot more for particular items. A 13-ounce bag of regular Lay's potato chips, that's up 38% over the past year. So Mary Smith walking down the street is feeling it very, very deeply, much more so than the headline numbers that the government issues. All right. We'll see what happens here with the rate hike today. Melissa Nasdaq, thank you so much. All right. Also this morning, we have new developments in the January 6th investigation to tell you about the Justice Department now looking into Donald Trump's actions as part of its criminal probe. That news coming just hours after the former president made a high-profile return to the nation's capital. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us now with more. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Tom, good morning to you. And NBC News is this morning confirming that the Justice Department is questioning witnesses specifically about former President Donald Trump as part of its investigation into January 6th, according to a source familiar with it, who says that does not mean a criminal investigation has been opened into the former president. Still, other new reporting suggests the DOJ has obtained phone records from Trump insiders. All as the attorney general speaks with NBC News exclusively about where this all goes from here. As former President Trump's back in D.C. for the first time since he left office, The Washington Post now reporting his actions are under investigation as part of the Justice Department's criminal probe of January 6th and the push to overturn the 2020 election, citing four people familiar with the matter. An administration official familiar with the investigation confirms to NBC News this morning that the Justice Department has been asking questions about Mr. Trump's actions leading up to January 6th. But the official stresses that does not mean it has opened a criminal investigation into the former president. The Post says DOJ investigators also have phone records of key people in Mr. Trump's orbit, including his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, two sources say. The Justice Department not commenting, and an attorney for Meadows also declining to comment to the Post about the investigation. The paper says prosecutors are interviewing witnesses, including two top aides to former Vice President Mike Pence, in front of a grand jury, questioning them on their conversations with Mr. Trump about efforts to replace certified electors with Trump allies. Attorney General Merrick Garland, in a new exclusive interview with Lester Holt, asked about the consequences of possibly charging the former president with a crime. Look, we pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone, who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th, for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another, accountable. It comes as a divided Republican Party looks ahead to the next election, with both Mr. Trump and his former Vice President Mike Pence delivering dueling speeches in Washington Tuesday. The one-time running mates signaling they could be rivals come 2024. We may just have to do it again. We have the former president speaking just about a mile from the Capitol, where his supporters led a violent attack on January 6th. Mr. Trump lashing out at the January 6th hearings that have exposed his push to stay in power after his election loss. It's a serious, it is a horrible, horrible thing. Pence, for his part, suggesting Mr. Trump's fixation on relitigating 2020 will set Republicans back in 24. I don't know that the president and I differ on issues. 
but we may differ on focus. All right, Hallie, I want to go back to the Justice Department investigating former President Trump's actions. What do the questions they're asking tell us about any possible crimes they may be looking into? So, um, you know, I spoke with a legal expert familiar with how the DOJ works overnight, Tom, and the Post is reporting, too, based on two sources. There are kind of two tracks here in this investigation when you look at the criminal piece of it. One is potentially conspiracy to basically interfere with the proceedings of Congress during the electoral vote count. We've already seen some charges on that as it relates to, for example, some of the rioters who were there. The other possibly fraud, right, for the so-called fake elector scheme. The, the Post is reporting that those are the areas where there may be additional scrutiny on former President Trump. A um, lot of questions about where this investigation goes from here. We see a lot on the Capitol Hill side publicly as it relates to the January 6th committee hearings and the select committee investigation, Tom. The DOJ investigation, much more of a black box, which is why this revelation this morning is significant. All right, Hallie Jackson with a lot of new reporting this morning. Hallie, thank you. People in the St. Louis area are waking up to more storms this morning. Just a day after that city was hammered by record-shattering rain. It triggered historic flooding. It turned roads into rivers, and it led to at least one death. We're going to get to the forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us live. Hey, Maggie, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. From, as you said, basically round two of showers and storms hitting a still-soaked St. Louis, this time with lightning. We've been seeing flashes throughout the morning. Thankfully, at this point, no reports of any major repeat flooding just yet. But this is definitely not helpful for people here still reeling from yesterday's historic and deadly rain event. This morning, a state of emergency in Missouri. State and federal aid being dispatched to help the people of St. Louis, a city soaked by record rainfall and deadly flash floods. This mother barely escaping with her daughter from rapidly rising waters in their home. There was that panic of, are they going to get to you? How do I get to the roof? More than nine inches pouring down in 24 hours Tuesday, crushing records set more than a century ago. The view from above, breathtaking. Roads completely flooded out here. Streets and highways submerged in minutes. Look at that fence. Freaking crazy. Stranding drivers and killing one person trapped in their car. We had approximately eight and a half foot of water that had developed in a low-lying area. Across the city, crews rescued hundreds of people. Seven people trapped on a roof. Some unable to leave their homes. That is the only road out of this area, and it is impassable at the moment. The floodwaters so high it caused roofs to collapse at one Metrolink train station. Floodwaters receding as quickly as they came. A daunting cleanup is now underway. One mother and son in a shelter after waking up to water filling their bedrooms. If we stayed in there for any longer, could have drowned. Now safe, but feeling the pain of losing precious items you can't put a price on. That's what bothers me the most. It's photos that can't be replaced. Such a devastating 24 hours here in St. Louis. Groups like the American Red Cross and the Salvation Army are here on site setting up shelters and food banks for everyone who needs help. At the same time, you know, an ominous warning from climate scientists who basically say our warming planet creates an atmosphere that's capable of holding more moisture, meaning those sudden heavy flood events like what we saw yesterday are slated to become more common.
Hoda. All right, Maggie Vespa for us there in St. Charles, Missouri. Maggie, thank you. All right, and with that, let's bring in WNBC's Janice Huff. She's in for Al and has more on what folks can expect today. And Janice, that's wild mm -hmm. weather out there in the Midwest. Tom Hoda, it's uh, incredible. And they're still seeing rain across much of that area right now uh, around St. Louis. Still some thunderstorms happening this morning, but that flood threat has now pushed even farther to the east towards Beckley, West Virginia and Lexington, Kentucky. There are flood watches and warnings in effect right now. You can see the rain spreading right along a line, and that's along that boundary, that front that's been sitting there across that area for several days now. The storm system is crawling to the east um, and will continue to bring more rain to the uh, parts of the Ohio and Tennessee River Valley. With this line, this front stalling here, that's why they're continuing to see rain train over the same areas and see the flooding potential. This Bermuda high pressure system, which is very typical in its place in the summer, is pumping up tropical moisture from the Gulf of Mexico, and that's helping to enhance the system and bring the flooding rain. So it's going to be multiple days of this heavy rain over the same locations, more flooding uh, across parts of Kentucky, West Virginia into Tennessee. So that area is shifting to the east now. The mountainous terrain increases the threat. It enhances the risk of the heavy rain. So more flooding expected there. And that's your forecast, Tom. Oh, all right, Janice, thank you. And now the question everyone yeah. is asking, you know what that question is? Uh -huh. Did anybody <laughs> win the big jackpot? the Mega Millions. The answer for better or worse is no. And that means the jackpot on the rise again and now sits at more than $1 billion. That's the fourth largest jackpot of all time. The next drawing is Friday night, so still plenty of time to get your tickets. Let's take a look at those winning numbers, though, because there were nine tickets across the country that matched five numbers without the Mega Ball. Those tickets are worth a cool million dollars a piece. Look, that's life-changing money, but can you imagine matching those five numbers getting to that mega, mega ball. ball. Oh. Yeah. All right, yeah. still time to win though. Coming up, oh, are we witnessing a social media revolution? Jake Ward is here with a story all users need to see. Hey, Jake. That's right, with frustrations being voiced, some from stars like Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian, major changes, maybe the end of an era, are coming to your Instagram and Facebook feeds, and it is all thanks to TikTok's rapid rise. We'll explain. Okay, we look forward to that, plus some long-awaited good news for travelers. Flight prices are finally coming down, where you'll find the lowest fares and why it's never too early to start planning your trips for the holiday season. But first, this is Today on NBC. <laughs> We're back. 7.30. That's an iconic image yeah. right there. Everybody remembers that moment. Princess Diana dancing with John Travolta happened at the White House. Well, there's a new documentary. It is coming out on the People's Princess next month, 25 years after her death. I can't believe it's been that many years. We'll have your first look at the trailer coming up in Popstart. Meantime, Chanel joins us. Craig is off, and Tom's here with me this morning. Yeah. Good morning. Feels Good morning. a little better outside today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be okay today. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to your 7.30 headlines. Breaking overnight, a powerful seven-magnitude earthquake struck the Philippine island of Luzon. Badly damaging churches, a hospital, and other buildings. Four people were killed. Dozens more were injured. The quake could be felt more than 200 miles away in the capital city of Manila. It was followed by a series of large aftershocks. We are getting a closer look this morning at the dramatic moments when a woman opened fire at the airport in Dallas. That happened on Monday. Newly released security cam video shows the 37-year-old woman 
She walks into the airport. Later, she's seen near the security checkpoint. She pulls out the gun, aims it toward the ceiling, and just starts firing. Mm. The gunshots send people running for cover. A police officer quickly jumped into action. He shot and wounded the woman. She was taken into custody, now faces charges. Nobody else was hurt. She still no word on why she was firing that mm. gun. Now to some incredible video of a pilot making an emergency landing just yards away from a crowded Seattle beach. Take a look. Cameras were rolling as the Cessna lands in Puget Sound as beachgoers watched from the shore. The plane flips over as it comes to a stop. Several people jumped into the water to help pull the pilot to safety. He was taken to the hospital but did not suffer any wow. serious injuries. Yeah. Pretty incredible. You got Goodness. sharks, you got whales, you got seals. You got All right, okay, in case you have not been glued to your phone lately, you may not have noticed, but the world of social media is undergoing some really big changes. Facebook and Instagram are testing moves that will allow them to compete better with the Internet's fastest rising star, TikTok. Our tech correspondent, Jake Ward, is here to break it down. Good morning, Jake. Jake, this is a huge deal. Good morning. That's absolutely right. I mean, from 2019 to 2021, TikTok went from 500 million users, that's pretty impressive, to over a billion, a startlingly fast rise. Now, Facebook and Instagram have clearly noticed, and now they are chasing its success, which means the social media that you are used to, well, it may never be the same again. This morning, some of the world's most influential social media platforms responding to backlash from users, influencers, and even celebrities. Facebook has always been about friendships and connections. Instagram lets you see your friends' pictures. But now those experiences may be changing. Facebook is testing a major redesign, showing posts based on your interests and an algorithm instead of posts that connect you with your inner circle. And Instagram drawing the most attention. The app originally known for artful photos now focusing on video. Introducing a full screen feed where photos and videos take up the whole screen. And including recommendations of other users' posts in your feed as well as friends and contacts. Now, powerful users are pushing back. While people love video, they kind of say there's like a time and a place for that. Some point out the app now feels more like TikTok, the trend-setting platform popular with younger users. Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian, who hold some of the most popular Instagram accounts, both reposted this meme to their hundreds of millions of followers, imploring the platform to stop trying to be TikTok. User reaction so strong, it forced Instagram CEO Adam Masseri to respond. There's a lot going on in Instagram right now. We're experimenting with a number of different changes to the app. And so we're hearing a lot of concerns from all of you. I need to be honest. I do believe that more and more of Instagram is going to become video over time. An Instagram spokesperson stressing to NBC News, the changes are, quote, just a test, and that Instagram is still where your friends and interests meet to push culture forward. But that may be part of the problem. In a lot of ways, Instagram has made the same mistake that Facebook made, which is trying to be too many things to too many people and losing focus along the way. TikTok was the most downloaded app in 2021 and through the first quarter of 2022, a growth largely fueled by Gen Z users born in the late 1990s and early 2000s. TikTok is so attention-grabbing that after too much scrolling, it actually encourages some users to take a break. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, seems to want to be that captivating. But it faces a dilemma. Stay relevant or stay true to what it was? We've heard people say, I want Instagram to be Instagram. I want 
Facebook to be Facebook. Now, something to note here, as Facebook rolls out its changes later this year, the company says it will provide a way for users to still see all those updates from family and friends chronologically in a separate feed. Now, Facebook has not responded to our request for comment. I think anybody who has Instagram has seen, like, suddenly your feed went to the people you know and love yeah. to, like, a ton of other people. That you don't yeah, know. You and you're this, constantly, you, like you might like that, exiting it out. So people are complaining about what's going on, people who love the old Instagram. Yes. Is there any way that Instagram's going to say, okay, maybe you were right. Let's go back to the way it was. You know, so Adam Masseri comes out, the head of Instagram comes yeah. out and says, you know, we're going to respect the heritage of Instagram, which was photos, <laughs> right? <laughs> he uses the word heritage. Yeah. You know, but but you have to keep in mind, right, that these are companies and they yeah. are about growth. Yeah. And they have seen this other company, TikTok, come up with this entirely yeah. different model. Yeah. And their model is teaching us to perform for strangers is oh, really what TikTok is about. Yeah. And it seems like that is where these others are going to go. And that's going to transform a whole generation's worth of behavior. Here's and what I, makes yeah, me notice or nervous. I find myself at night before I go to bed, I'll say, let me just see what's going on. Right. Yeah. I'll keep scrolling, yeah, it's the especially most on Reels. Feature. It's the most addictive so feature. I'll just admit right here, uh, you know, uh, I am one of those TikTok users who gets so sucked in that I literally get a video that says, you should go to bed now. From what? TikTok, it says, stop. Who do You've they give that long. to? How long that, I'm in the top, on. whatever that is, oh, 1% or whatever goodness. that is. And that is just how compulsive it is. And that's why, of course, Instagram and Facebook are looking at this and say, we need to be just that captivating. Jake, wow. the first step is admitting you have a problem. That's <laughs> what I do. That's <laughs> what I do. I have it's for your job. You're doing it for your for job. job. Yeah, that's Don't right. forget it's for your job. job. All right, Jake, thank you. All right, up next, after a summer of soaring airfare, it appears travelers are finally in for a break. Right, Blaine? You know what? It is good news. Believe it or not, Tom, it's time to start looking past the summer travel season and look ahead to fall flights. And the good news is the prices are dropping. We've been talking to experts. We've got everything that you need to know to cash in on those lower ticket prices coming up. Take that good news. All right. Thank you, Blaine. And were you a fan of the hit show Dawson's Creek? What star Katie Holmes has to say about the idea of a reboot. But first, these messages. All right, we are back with today's Consumer Confidential. Around this time, each morning, we focus on issues that impact your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And this morning, we have encouraging news if you have flights to book after a summer season that was marred by high prices. Absolutely. So if you're looking to travel this fall and save a little money, NBC's Blaine Alexander has some tips for snagging the best deals. It sounds good. You're in Atlanta. Good morning to you, Blaine. Well, guys, good morning to you. It absolutely sounds good, especially after the prices we saw over the summer. You know, over the summer, we experienced a lot of what people are calling revenge travel. Essentially, after being cooped up inside for two years, not able to go anywhere, a lot of people are booking flights and anxious to get out. But now as we're going into the fall, we're seeing that travel start to slow down and ticket prices are dropping as well. That's why experts say now is the best time to buy. And it's even time to start thinking about your holiday travel. This fall, good news for travelers. Lower airfares are flying back. Ticket prices typically take a dip as summer comes to a close and passengers transition away from summer travel. But this year, prices are trending even lower than usual. We have seen fares come down about $100 per ticket in the last six to eight weeks alone. Back in May, the average domestic round-trip ticket topped $400. This fall, just $298. Same with international flights. After a June peak of $1,064 for a round-trip flight, expect that price to decrease to $757. A vast improvement, but still not back to pre-pandemic prices. 
Fares this year remain higher than 2019 as demand surges and as jet fuel prices are about 80 to 100% higher than they were in 2019. Still, it's welcome relief for millions of passengers hit by sky-high summer prices this year. So if you're looking to snag a deal this fall, experts have a few tips. Before you buy, monitor the prices. Use an app to get notifications as tickets fluctuate. Travel in the middle of the week on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Berg says that can typically save you more than $35 a ticket. And finally, book your travel at least three weeks in advance. We saw that travelers who started just tracking the price of the flight they wanted to take about two or three months in advance saved 30% more than travelers who just started looking at the very last minute. All right, Blaine, it's hard for a lot of us to think so far yeah. ahead, but should people be booking their holiday flights you now? Mean Christmas? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's unbelievable to think about, but, you know, I guess the answer is yes and no. You know, we're still so far out that we could still actually see airlines run some sales on ticket prices. So your best bet is set those alerts, use those apps, and once you see sales pop up or prices start to dip, that's when you should jump in and snatch your tickets. Now, if you know yourself, if you know that you're not the type to monitor these prices week in and week out, it's probably best to go ahead and buy now. Your tickets are still going to be lower than what you would see if you wait until the last minute. Bottom line, either Either way it goes, guys, experts say that you want to have those flights booked by mid-October at My the latest. Mm -hmm. Good advice you. this morning. Thank yeah. you, Blaine. We'll take some positive news from the airport Bye. today. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Blaine. Thank you, Blaine. All right. Let's move over to Miss Janice Huff. Get a check of the weather. We're all cooling down here, which is nice. But it's not the case across other parts of the country, too, where you've got heat that continues, especially across the southern states and into the Pacific Northwest. Look at that. Uh, heat advisories, heat watches, and alerts are all in effect from Seattle down to Reno. 35 million people impacted by the heat today, including Oklahoma City, Memphis, Shreveport, and all the way over to Wilmington, North Carolina, where the heat index today will be up around 105 degrees. Tallahassee, it'll feel close to 100 for you, go Knowles. And it'll feel like 109 in Memphis, 105 in Dallas, and 104 in San Antonio. Just can't seem to get rid of the heat, except in the Northeast and the Great Lakes, if this is comfortable. Although it starts to creep up the humidity around New York City, feeling like 93 degrees tomorrow, but 70s, 80s, all the way over towards Chicago and much of the Great Lakes. Stay cool, everybody. <laughs> did you say go Knowles? Did you the pride a, of FSU did you, did right there. Did you slip there? in a go Knowles? <laughs> I was like, she gives her shout out. <laughs> All right, just ahead. Can you read us now? The surprising generation driving subtitles to unexpected heights and popularity. But first, these messages. We're back. Jacob Soberoff and a little Stranger Things. Okay, maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't, but those less than subtle captions there on the bottom of your screen. It's pretty unbelievable. So with Stranger Things, you know, this is a huge hit show. It takes notice of a larger trend. Viewers are increasingly watching shows and movies with subtitles, but it's been a point of contention across generations because <laughs> as much as 70% of Gen Z apparently prefers them, according to a recent survey, that's double the rate wow. of baby boomers who are turning on the subtitles. Right. So there are a lot of theories. One theory is that it gives them a chance to read the scene quickly 
and then go back to scrolling their phones so that you know they don't have to completely be in. I, I mean, I sort of get it for point. Squid Games yeah. or for games. I yeah. mean, for yeah. shows like that. Yeah. But I, when I was watching, I was just picturing like Spielberg, who works on every <laughs> shot, and then in the bottom third, there's like right. these big monster words. girls, and right. knowing that people are right. reading and not kind yeah. of soaking it all in. But I get it. But you know what? Yeah. I think the directors are now paying attention at that level of detail, mm -hmm. and the descriptions are really, really descriptive. There's one. There was one on Stranger Things. Eerie music swells. Like they're really. <laughs> trying to give people it's like a novel let's hear there here it is yeah of what's happening actually and you know but it goes back to social media because yeah. all these videos on TikTok, yeah. and instagram they also all have, have captions, captions. Yeah. so it's the new That's thing true. is that happening i think so I it's know. a thing <laughs> don't ask me what they that. used to I, annoy yeah. me right i wanted it out of the way so i could well, watch the screen i kind of feel like you you lose half of it either way because yeah. you're right. either you're missing something yeah. one way or the other but i guess if you can't understand what people are saying you just have to jump on board yeah do it. get the captions get on the train all right coming up one way that some folks are dealing with inflation starting up a side hustle. Vicki Wynn shows us how to earn a little extra cash without a lot of extra work. I love that. Coming up next, your 8 o'clock hour.